Life, life happens with Pimelo Motine. So I promised you a conversation around a pupil that was sent back home, um, a grade two pupil uh, from a Christian school in Johannesburg. And the reason being that the student came to school with Isipandla on and uh, the parents are saying, well, at no point did we ever uh, find a letter uh, or at least even in in the application itself where it stated that this particular school will not allow the child to come to school with Isipandla. Had they known this, they would never have enrolled their child in there. So we want to unpack this and you're more than welcome to be a part of this conversation um, and, and start dialing in on 0891-104-207. I did decided to go to Section 27 to try and get their take on the story. Uh, Shanice uh, Lindeboom is joining us on the line. She's an attorney with the Education Rights uh, Section Program, Section 27. Shanice, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. Let's talk about this particular case. Um, there are a lot of things that scream at me when I look at this case. Talk to me about, as from a legal point of view and from the rights of a child's point of view, what's wrong with this matter? Okay, so, I mean, and, and the thing, there have been several cases like this before, so mm-hmm. this is not uncommon, um, and it's kind of, you know, it's always disappointing to see things like this still happening. Sh- I think sh- the position... Yeah. Would it, would it be similar to the one that we've seen with the dreadlocks um, kind of matter before, yeah. is it? The dreadlocks, there was a case in Durban um, about the learner, I think, wearing a nose stud. Um, and the position from the court has been um, that the learner has the right to express religious beliefs and cultural beliefs in schools. Um, so that has been made clear. You know, it's something that's protected in the Constitution. I think what's difficult... I think what's difficult is because um, we do find ourselves now working with, you know, the distinction between private and public schools. Um, And I think that's sort of what stood out for me. That was the first thing I thought to just double check Mm. in terms of what the law says about that. And it's a little bit tricky because private schools do sort of have the freedom to, um, you know, set their code of conduct and they're governed by their own specific body and stuff like that. Um, But at the same time, you know, the thing that I still come back to is the fact that, you know, you can't do things that's outside of the Constitution. And and each child has firstly the right to um, religious uh, and cultural beliefs and to be able to express that. And more importantly, well, not more importantly, but um, in the same light, the right to basic education. Mm. And to be denied the right to basic education um, for something like this is, is, is where it can be quite problematic. I just so I want us to, to unpack yeah. it a little bit, Shanice, because there's a big distinction that I think is important here in the sense that in as much as, for instance, you can choose and literally choose that your child goes to a Christian school and go as yeah. or a Jewish um, school or a, whatever school it is, you may you may choose that it's fine for you to go to a specific school that adheres to specific cultural norms and maybe even language and whatever the case may be. It doesn't change the fact that the rights of the learner, though, should not be infringed. In other words, just because you choose to associate with that culture or religious practice doesn't mean that they have the right to infringe on yours. Am I correct in saying this? Yeah, no, I think I would agree because, as we know, the Constitution applies to everybody. So we cannot say just because you're in a private school, you're not afforded those rights because 
you signed up to go to a private school. Yeah. Um, so I think that position would would, would be right. Mm. And, 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 and that for me is exactly where it's not even about whether it's Christian or cultural practices of, 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 of this particular family. It's, it's, it's not, it goes beyond that. It's about the fact that the child constitutionally has the right to education. Yes, and I think that's, that's always the concerning part um, um, is how we see schools deal with these issues because I think there's a way, there's, there's a way, these processes that should be followed in terms of dealing with something. If, for example, there's a code of conduct that's in place that specifically says it must this not be done, address it in the way that's required in terms of whatever processes, internal documents that you may have at the school. Um, but it's, it's concerning where there's just sort of a suspension in place and the learner is no longer um, allowed to attend. So I think those are the things that I yeah. sort of am concerned so, about, whether those processes have been followed and there's been proper consultation and communication with the parents, which from my reading of the article, it still seems to be taking place. So let me ask you this. It, would, would it be okay? So in the kind of constitution that we have, are you even permitted to have a constitution that says someone cannot have is pandla? In other words, would that even be permissible in the cone of conduct? Can they even put that in the cone of conduct? Is that okay? Um, you see, this is what I struggled with when yeah. I was just like reading my notes again. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, because like I say, constitution, that is our, that is our guiding, that guiding document. We're all bound by that. Um, but in the same light, we um, schools we we ha- we are in a position where private schools mm. are legal and are allowed to be um, put in place. Specific Christian um, private schools are allowed to be not 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 sorry, not Christian, but um, sorry, specific religious schools are allowed mm. to be formed. That's something that is allowed, and the understanding is that you are entering that school based on the beliefs of that school. Um, so it's tricky. Is that the understanding, though, Shanice? And, I, and I, I want to take you a little bit back, because for many people who chose to go to either, whether it is the Anglican or the Christian schools, many of those people were not necessarily because they were Christian, you know, they were Christian yeah. themselves. There are a lot of people who went into those schools because they were multiracial at a time when it was difficult to get that kind of a of a school in a government school. So what I'm saying is it's not necessarily the case that people who yeah. go into a Christian school are themselves Christian. No, that's fair. Yeah, that that's fair too. Um, and, and it's about the type of education that you're wanting your child to get. Correct. I think if we just work on the principle that we're all bound by the Constitution, I think that should be our guiding light. Mm. And I think it does raise flags where there is constitutional violations of the learners' rights to express their religion and their cultural beliefs, but then there's also uh, violations of the learners' constitutional rights to receive basic education. Shanice, if you don't mind, some people want to comment on the subject and maybe you can just weigh in on it. Let's just take a quick voice note. The autonomy that independent schools have does not necessarily come with immunity to certain constitutional obligations. For instance, in this case, Independent schools have um, a negative obligation to ensure that they do not infringe upon the rights of learners in any way. And in my own opinion, I believe that this is an infringement of cultural and language rights, which are protected by uh, the Constitution and equally by international uh, public law instruments. 
so there's no justification for whatever um, uh, action they, they have taken against the learner. You, you're probably going to agree with that, Shalise. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it was very faint, but I agree. They shouldn't be infringing on the rights of the learners in the school. So when the family does go and take this matter up, um, what, what exactly will they be focusing on? I mean, my take would be that the constitutional right of the child to education, would that be right? Yeah, no, I think it would be, uh, like I said here, yeah, it's the rights um, of the learners' rights to freedom of religion and cultural belief as well as the right to basic education, to be denied um, basic education through unfair discrimination, um, I think is definitely something that, um, that they would have available to them. Beyond this particular child's case, what then becomes of the school if this is kind of the way in which they conduct themselves? Because if we went back to the constitution, they wouldn't have the right to run an institution like this if this is how they conduct themselves. Would that then come into question, the fact that they're running a school? Um, look, we, and like I said, there's been many cases like, like this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen cases where we have private schools also um, and having done similar, um, um, more similar instances, sort of discrimination because of no fee paying and not following the processes, like in the Pridwin case. And I think it's it's unfortunate where we see things come to light and how um, the schools handle handle these sort of issues. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's it's just for us to keep an eye out and monitor that you know all our learners are treated fairly whether in private and public schools. We obviously asked them to come on to the show and, and they, they, they said they would, but they, we're not getting hold of them. And the reason I think this is important is to clarify from what I'm reading, they, they're adamant that this is their stance on the matter. So um, we may argue a process. They are saying, regardless of process, maybe we were wrong in how we got the child to leave. But okay. ultimately we still believe that we will not allow Ispanda in our premises or in our vicinity. If that's their position, how do you think it will fare in court? Oh, goodness. Yeah, that'll be very interesting. I mean, from what we've seen with the judgments, the position has been that the, you know, the child has the right to, be, to express um, to religious and cultural beliefs in school. So um, there's been quite a few, even up until constitutional court judgments, which have said that. So it'll be interesting how... How it would work, again, it would be the distinction between private and public, but I don't see that being too much of a problem if we're working on, you know, the constitutional rights of learners. Um, but yeah, like I'm saying, also having read, having read and just read the story quickly, it really will be interesting to see how things develop in this matter um, and what comes out of the consultations that they're having with the parents um, in the coming week. Um, but I do hope that you know, the best interests of the learners are, are put forward um, and that there are provisions for the learner to receive um, the right to basic education mm-hmm. and uh, provisions are made for the learner to continue on with learning, um, even if this is going to be uh, uh, um, an unfortunate battle mm-hmm. that they may engage in. So thankful that you made the time to talk to us at such such short, short notice, Shanice. Thank you very much for making the time.
No worries. Shani Linda Boom, who's an attorney within the um, the rights group, Section 27, and, and we've seen a lot of the cases that they've taken up themselves uh, with regards to the rights of a child. And I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen with this particular case. As I said to you earlier, that we have reached out to the school. Um, they had initially, I think, agreed to talk to us. They've been, we've been back and forth with them. And at some point they said they were, they were in a meeting and couldn't take the call. So we have reached out uh, just to let you know that we have reached out to them and so um, up until now we, we still haven't been able to talk to them but we'll keep you posted with uh, the matter and uh, obviously it may go somewhere I don't know where it's going but it's, it's a de- developing story and when we get to the bottom of this we'll definitely keep you informed it's two o'clock let's go to Utsi Lasaku for the latest in SABC News